Once upon a time, there was a young girl who loved collecting books that she was never, ever, ever going to read. She thought to herself every day, one day, tomorrow perhaps, I will read these books and I will chip away at this tower that is slowly growing and towering above me. However, she found herself buying used books and holding on to books that she found elsewhere in the house that she was never, ever, ever going to read. What was she to do? This girl was filled with optimism, perhaps too much optimism, because one day that tower of books started to sway. It swayed to the left. It swayed to the right. And then it swayed and fell right on top of her. And that, folks, is the story of my life. I am living in a maze of books. Welcome to today's summer reading episode. If you've ever read Harry Potter, you know there's this place in the Hogwarts castle where he attends school at his magical wizarding school called the Room of Requirement. And part of that room holds all of the crap that students think that they're going to save till later. And that, I'm sad to say, is what my room looks like because I cannot let go of books. I like to imagine that I am an avid reader. And the truth, the fact of the matter is, is that I'm actually the world's slowest reader and I have really big dreams for myself as far as my relationship with reading goes. Go on and dream big. Every summer as a kid, I remember my mom taking me to the library and one of the best parts was just walking through the sunlit rooms, looking at the bookshelves and imagining all the different books that I was going to read that summer. And when I finally picked out my books, I would take them to the checkout counter and the librarian would hand me a very cute, very enticing and very encouraging summer reading list. It was literally a worksheet printed out on printer paper with a worm or a rainbow or something cute to help you write down how many books you read that summer. And I think many of us have this positive association with summertime and reading and thinking about diving into that summer reading list. Well, today I'll be talking about how to build a summer reading list and how to actually cross things off or rather add things to your summer reading list. I have a few tips and tricks and maybe together we can do some summer reading. So let's get into it. Oh, and you're listening to Giving You Everything, by the way, but I'm sure you knew that. Welcome back. So glad to have you and happy summer. Happy reading. Let's begin, shall we? Chapter one. Pick something that you enjoy. Let me tell you, this is probably the biggest trap that I fall into. I think, I don't know what it is, but I think somewhere past high school and into college, you start to think to yourself, like, reading is not for fun. Reading is something that I'm assigned. Reading is something that makes my brain big and juicy and full of knowledge, but we must only read practical things. And let me tell you, that is simply untrue. It is so far from the truth. Part of the beauty of reading is that it also not only fills your head with knowledge, but also fills your head with ideas, boosts your imagination. I think it's easy to forget that reading is what people used to do before movies, TV, and YouTube. 
YouTube existed. So reading first and foremost should be a form of entertainment, especially if you're reading in your free time. Why are you torturing yourself by trying to read boring stuff just because you think it's what you should be reading? I think it's so easy to fall into this trap of only reading self-help books, or maybe it's just me, only I've fallen into this trap of only reading self-help books and only reading nonfiction books about productivity or time management or leadership or personal growth. And don't get me wrong, like all of those things are great. I obviously wouldn't be reaching for those books if I wasn't personally interested in those topics, but it's important to have a balance. It's important to read things that are fluffy that you enjoy. And for me, that is reading YA fiction. I'll say it loud. I'll say it proud. I, my name is Madeline. Hello, everybody. And I like to read books that are written for teenagers. Side note, footnote, I am a grown woman. (gasps) I am probably double the age of your average teenager. I was listening to an episode of the Tim Ferriss show and more specifically the episode where he talks to Naval Ravikant and I bear with me this is a bit of a journey but I actually learned about him through a YouTube video I was watching Jen M and she was talking about like personal development and self-improvement. If you're familiar with her videos you know she's really big into reading. She even has her own book club and one of the things that she brought up, um, Naval Ravikant talks about how important reading is and like how critical it is to help you build ideas and have an understanding of the world and expand your mind. But first and foremost, the hardest part about reading is gaining that momentum. You'll never gain that momentum if you're constantly reading things that you think are boring. It's totally perfectly acceptable to read cotton candy books. In fact, that's exactly why they exist, because they bring people joy. And who are we to deny ourselves the small joys in life? So something that I like to do from time to time, because I'm, I try to have a good mix. I like to pick books that are like beach reads or fun reads or YA reads, and I mix them together with more practical books like self-help books or nonfiction books about, you know, real world history and events. Some of the resources that I like to use to search for new books, Reese Witherspoon's book club, I was like kind of skeptical at first because, you know, I didn't, yeah, I wasn't really sure what to think at first. And so I gave it a try a couple of years ago. I go onto her recommendations list and I pick a book from there. And you know what? Every single book that she's picked has been an absolute thrill. Okay, so one of the books that I read from her book club list is this book called Group about this woman's experience with group therapy. And you would think that it would be kind of sad. And yes, it is about this kind of low period in the author's life. She's witty. She's funny. She's emotional. She's vulnerable and very relatable. Um, The book is called Group by Christy Tate. I highly recommend. So I really like to go to Reese's book club and look for recommendations there. I think it's easy to forget that there are like fun books written for grown people. It's not just for kids. Like tricks. But if you also are a fan of YA fiction or that's something you want to get into, I highly recommend. I've had a really fun time reading some YA books. Um, My favorite place to look for them, it's a pretty obvious place, but it's the New York Times bestseller list. Bestseller list. 
bestsellers. And obviously, the New York Times bestseller list is broken out into a couple of different categories. So they have print and ebooks, like popular print and ebooks, hardcover fiction. I will say a lot of Reese's book club picks are often featured in that list. There's a hardcover nonfiction, but I just scroll all the way to the bottom to young adult hardcover. And you know what? One book that's been on the list for a really long time that I really enjoyed is this book called One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. And she's actually got like a whole series of these books, but they're gripping. They're intriguing. If you like noir, pulled me in. Those books are really fun, um, very riveting, and it feels like very edgy. Like maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. But I highly recommend reading YA fiction. It's something just as fun reading. And the third place I like to look is Goodreads. I used to have an account on Goodreads, but it just felt like a lot to maintain. But even if you don't have an account, I would say that the website's a really great place to reference when you're looking for new books. And one example, like one of the main things that I'm going on to Goodreads for is to look for more books that are recommended within a certain genre that I'm interested in. For me personally, I really love to read gothic novels. And it's not like your hot topic kind of gothic. It's more the Henry James kind of gothic. Like I like to read The Turn of the Screw, The Haunting of Hill House. What does Goodreads call this genre? Okay, so the genres for Turn of the Screw are horror, fiction, gothic, mystery, literature, literature, 19th century literature, paranormal, ghosts. (laughs) So that's really what I enjoy. And I think like the beauty of Goodreads is that there are a lot of lists on the website that are curated by users who have a similar taste in books. So it's almost like you're getting a recommendation from a friend. So those are my go-to places to find something to pick for enjoyment. And like I said, you know, finding a book to read for enjoyment is really important for your brain because it's good to have fun. It's important to remember to do things that you enjoy. And most of all, reading something that you enjoy helps you build momentum. And it also helps you find the motivation to take action on my next tip, setting aside time to read. Chapter 2 setting aside time. It's so important to set aside time to read. I think this is a rule that applies to anything in life because things take time. And it's hard to remember that because it's easy to have this assumption that when you're trying to read a book that it'll just happen. Like I'll do a little bit here. I'll read a little bit there and it'll all just come together and I'll finish the book. But if you're a slow reader like me and you don't set aside time, you fall into this trap where you 
think you're gonna do a little bit of reading right before bed and honestly the amount of time to read right before bed is not enough time to read as many or as much of my book as I want to and so reading being successful at reading more requires setting aside time to read it also helps prime your brain to think oh, this is our reading time. This is the time in which we get to dive into a book and really enjoy ourselves or learn something new. And it's good to create a reading routine. The one thing that I really struggled with before I set aside time to read was that I would read little bits here and there and it would kind of drag out the book to the point where I would lose interest or it would no longer be exciting or even make it boring or worst of all, I would kind of forget what I had read the day before because I had read so little that I hadn't really gained enough of the story or the content to build upon what I was going to read the next day, which really sucks because it fragments your experience of the book. And that's the whole point of reading is you want to enjoy it. You want to learn something new. And if you're actively working against yourself in that arena, why do it at all? (laughs) Which is kind of where I would end up finding myself. Setting aside time has been really helpful for me to get more reading done. I really like to read in the mornings right before work. And this brings me to my third tip, which is picking an ideal time to read. Chapter 3 Picking an ideal time. Everybody likes to read at a different time of day and everybody has a different schedule. And if you're really gonna commit to reading, you need to pick a time that is practical, basically. Practical and that works for you. Our brains are more attuned or better tuned to reading at certain hours of the day. And something that I read a while ago was that a big mistake that people make is that they try to read in bed or right before bed. And so then your brain starts to associate reading with something that makes you sleepy. So that even when you try to read at a different time of day, like say in the afternoon, in the bright sunshine, your brain still thinks that it's time to go to bed because you're reading and you normally read before you sleep. I also happen to know this from personal experience because I used to read right before bed. I would often fall asleep before I could make any headway and then when I would try to read at different points of the day I would kind of like tune out or fall asleep or take a nap instead which was very counterproductive. And right now I'm reading right before I go to work which is not a lot of time but it's ideal in terms of timing because it's first thing in the morning, my brain is awake, I'm ready to think, I'm ready to absorb information, I'm ready to read. I get that that's not a good time for everyone, but reading can happen at any time of the day. You can also choose to read on your lunch break or you can choose to read as a break from work like right after work, or you can use reading as a way to take a break in the middle at different points of the day when you need to walk away from what you're doing and just take a breather. Reading can really happen at any time of the day as long as it's ideal for you. Make sure that it fits your schedule and where your brain's at. Which brings me to my fourth 
tip, which is making a reading plan. Chapter four, make a plan. If you're wanting to read more, it helps to set a goal. I know. But you didn't see this one coming. I'm a planner. I love planners. I love writing things down. I That doesn't mean that I'm always successful at it, but making a plan is the first step to getting anywhere, if you ask me. Especially with summer coming up, a lot of people have reading goals. It's really important to make a plan. It's great if you have a goal and say, oh, this summer I want to read 100 books. Fantastic. If you've ever heard of a thing called SMART goals, it's important to know where it is that you want to go, but it's equally important to understand how you're going to get there. So setting a goal and then making a plan around that goal will actually help you achieve that goal or get as close as you can to it. If you're wanting to read more, it helps to understand or write down how many books you want to read in a month or in a week. This also helps you find time for your new goal because you're understanding, okay, if I have this goal and I need to take these steps, when am I going to take these steps? And having this awareness of the time timing of your goal and the steps you need to take helps you to prioritize it. Something that I think we all struggle with when we have a goal is that we get really excited when we first set the goal and we say, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like this is going to happen. I'm so motivated. But then life happens. Other things get in the way and you prioritize watching TV over reading or you're, you find excuses like you're too tired or um, you don't have enough time time in the day. And having a plan helps you understand how you're going to fit this goal into your life and actually make it happen. There's other ways to also make your plan visible or set visual cues and reminders of your goal, of your plan in your life. You can keep a stack of books where you like to read. At your own risk, of course. Just fair warning, that could be a little dangerous because my whole life is a stack of books that I plan to read. But you can also, like I did when I was little during the summer, keep a summer reading worksheet and add books to your list as you've read them. And having that satisfaction of seeing your progress visually will really help you keep that momentum going. And it'll keep you accountable to achieving your goal, which brings me to my last tip which is finding a buddy or starting a book club chapter five Find a buddy or start a book club. Accountability is a huge tool when trying to keep your goals. People say it's often maybe the most powerful tool when you're trying to reach your goals. Something about that social pressure and also not wanting to let others down really motivates you to stay on track. And beyond that, when it comes to reading goals, what could be more fun than having a book club or a reading buddy? I know it sounds like something a grandma 
or maybe a first grader would do, but both of those things are very on brand for me. (laughs) Something that's been really fun when reading YA books has been to read them together with my friends. Some of my friends and I, something that's really fun to do together is to pick a YA book to read together. We didn't have a formal book club, but let me tell you, boy, have I tried in all forms of arenas, situations, social settings. I have tried many a time to start a book club. And you know what? Maybe one day I will be successful. But for now, I am just reading with my friends at our own pace, but we're picking books together. And it's really fun to be able to discover new books together, to talk about new books. It's like watching the same TV show together and also getting recommendations from your friends. It helps you stay motivated to keep reading, reading more, and finding more to add to your list. Summer reading is one of my favorite parts of summer. Something about escaping to new worlds or learning new things or or building new skills is really exciting. It's really an exciting part of summer. There are some easy ways for you to build a long and healthy summer reading list to tackle these next few months as you hit the beach or sit in the sunshine. Remember to pick something that you enjoy. Set aside time to read that thing. Pick ideal times to read it. Make a plan and also find someone to go on this journey with. If you like this episode or have big plans for reading this summer, let us know. Let us know how you're tackling that reading list, what's on that reading list. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts by letting us know in the review section or sending us an email at givingyoupodcast at gmail.com. So this week, let's cheers to YA fiction, to fun book clubs, and to reading more this summer. Clink. Thanks. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.